Hello, this is Jennifer Wolf Horsch. I'm the Executive Director of the International Association of Industrial Accident Boards and Commissions, or the IAIABC for short. You're listening to the IAIABC's podcast, Accidentally, where we discuss issues and events impacting workers' compensation programs. During Accidentally, I will ask thought-provoking questions, raise awareness of emerging issues, and offer insights on workers' compensation. My hope is to make you think a little differently about work comp. You can subscribe to our monthly podcasts on iTunes or find them at iaiabc.org slash podcast. It's something we don't want to imagine. A mangled car. A badly hurt passenger. An air ambulance arrives, rushing the person to the nearest hospital. We all want the story to have a good ending. A saved life. At least, that's the television version of an air ambulance flight. Like most things, reality is a little more complicated. For one, we probably don't think about the bill, which can be expensive, even more expensive than we expect. It's not uncommon for air ambulance bill charges to run between twenty dollars and $30,000, and sometimes upwards of $50,000. In a group health setting, the insurer may pay all of those charges, or they may only pay a portion of those charges, and the remainder of the bill is balance billed to the patient. In the workers' compensation setting, balance billing is not allowed, although it occasionally happens. But the rising cost and utilization of air ambulance services is a concern for employers, insurers, and regulators across the United States. So what's going on and why? First, I want to give you some background. Air ambulances come in two different forms. They're referred to as fixed wing, i.e. that's an airplane, and rotor wing, that's a helicopter. And more than half of air ambulance flights are not on-scene emergencies like we expect, but are more frequently hospital-to-hospital transports. Air ambulances have high fixed costs. The plane, the pilots, the medical staff, and significant variability of usage. Equipment and personnel have to be ready at a moment's notice, and that response time comes at a premium. Air ambulances are regulated federally. The Airline Deregulation Act of 1978 prohibits state regulation of air carrier rates, routes, and services. This makes them significantly different than ground ambulances and presents some interesting complications for the insurance industry, which is regulated at the state level. A significant percentage of air ambulance transports are from Medicare and Medicaid patients. Medicare negotiated air ambulance pricing in 2002, and that pricing is based on a combination of a base payment, a per mileage fee, and a geographic adjustment factor. And rural areas get double both the base fee and the mileage fee. Medicare reimbursement rates are adjusted annually, and those adjustments are mainly based on inflation. 
The air ambulance industry contends that Medicare and state Medicaid replacement rates are too low, and therefore private insurance billing must be higher to cover the additional capital cost required for the air ambulance industry. And it seems that those trends are bearing out in the private market. Air ambulance prices have been rising. A report by the Government Accountability Organization released in 2017 noted private health insurance median prices rose by 76% from 2010 to 2014. Charges at the 95th percentile went from 32,000 to 51,000 in five years, a 60% increase. At the same time, the air ambulance industry has experienced two different trends. First, the number of air ambulance providers has been growing, so there are more and more air ambulance service providers in the market. At the same time, there's a lot of industry consolidation happening. This is resulting also in higher prices, both to cover the capital cost of maintaining these airplanes and also because there's less competition in the marketplace. So what does all this mean for workers' compensation? There's growing concern within the industry about overutilization and the high cost for air ambulance services, which are being used in the treatment of injured workers. While there is some opportunity to negotiate pricing for these services in comp, there are many times when out-of-network providers are used and then disputes about air ambulance bills end up in court. There are at least 14 states which include air ambulance services in their fee schedules. However, lawsuits have challenged state authority to regulate air ambulance pricing in this way. Two recent cases are Valley Med Flight v. North Dakota Department of Health and North Dakota Workforce Safety and Insurance, and PHI Air Medical LLC v. Texas Mutual Insurance Company. In both cases, the air ambulance service providers are arguing that the states do not have authority to regulate pricing based on the Airline Deregulation Act. And the defendants in both cases are arguing that they can regulate pricing based on the McCarran-Ferguson Act, which is a federal law providing for state regulation of insurance. Most recent development was from a Texas appeals court in the case of PHI Air Medical LLC v. Texas Mutual Insurance Company, which found in favor of the air ambulance company and federal preemption. My understanding is that that decision is likely to be appealed. So what happens from here? Federal legislation will be required to give states clear direction, both in the general health insurance and workers' compensation, to regulate air ambulance pricing. Proposed federal le legislation recently is addressing this issue in two different ways. There is a currently proposed legislation in both the House and Senate, H.R. 3378, and S-212, which mandates data reporting by air ambulance providers of both quality and cost metrics. 
The rationale behind this data collection effort is that more accurate cost data will help inform and hopefully revise Medicare reimbursement rates, which would then eliminate the need for air ambulance service providers to have significantly higher billing for private insurance patients. A different federal bill, S-471, amends the Airline Deregulation Act to allow states and local authorities to implement regulations related to network participation, reimbursement, and balance billing, or transparency for an air carrier that provides air ambulance services. Stay tuned to Accidentally and the IIBC for updates on the outcomes of these court cases and any legislation impacting this issue. While air ambulance pricing has become a hot issue in the industry recently, it is only one more example of the tension that arises in subnational workers' compensation systems. In the U.S., states regulate workers' compensation, but there are many federal programs, OSHA, the Americans with Disabilities Act, Medicare, and the Affordable Care Act, to name a few, that interact in various ways with state programs. The differences and at times conflict between federal and state policy adds layers of complexity and confusion in the system. The argument for state-based workers' compensation programs can be compelling. States have more flexibility to be innovative and design programs based on the unique needs of their state. However, there is more and more overlap, especially in healthcare delivery, between the federal government and the states. It's imperative that workers' compensation programs understand and at times be engaged in efforts beyond their borders. This is certainly the case with respect to air ambulance services and other issues in the future as well. I'd like to thank you for listening to Accidentally, the IAIABC's monthly podcast series. You can subscribe to us on iTunes or find us at iaiabc.org slash podcast. I enjoy hearing your feedback. You can write me at jwolf at iaiabc.org. Cheers, Jennifer.